This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guests, I have two of them, are going to introduce themselves and they are related. So this will be a really interesting show, a family of packaging people. I'm excited to get to know both of them. Let's start with you, Justine Hanlon. Can you tell us about yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Justine Hanlon. Uh, I work at HB Fuller, which is actually an adhesive company. So I've been working at HB Fuller for 13 years. I started at HB Fuller as a formulation chemist in the R&D lab. Wow. Uh, and yeah. So worked there and then started doing some work in tech service and then eventually moved into marketing and then took on some greater responsibilities in marketing before I recently left my most recent job in marketing, which was uh, global strategic marketing. And now I'm actually in a commercial role. So I have a North America commercial role in tape and label. Wow. That's some big titles there. I'm impressed. Well done. And Mr. Brent Ostrowski, we met at the Sustainable Packaging Coalition event, and I'm excited to learn more about you. But if you don't mind, introduce yourself and tell us where you work. I'm Brent Ostrowski. I'm the Director of Packaging Design at Stanley, which is not the tool company, but the (laughs) beverage and food storage company. Stanley has grown in popularity in the past two or three years with the Quencher. We call it the Quencher because it is our flagship product and highly sought after. And with that growth, Stanley started to build capabilities and they hired me. My background, I started in packaging in 1997 with Target as a packaging production artist. So I was not a, I'm not a packaging engineer. I didn't have formal education. All my training and experiences been on the job. But worked my way up at Targets, became a quality assurance manager for print, built a global team to monitor suppliers around the world that were producing goods for Target brands. Did that until 2005 and then was at Best Buy to help them with their private label and did that for eight years. So worked on programs such as Insignia, Rocketfish, I think those are the two brands that are left, but the others were in it and next. And then I was in the wilderness for a couple of years, did my own consulting, worked for a bioplastic startup in Vancouver, BC for six months, was a manager at a food company, packaged food company, and then ended up back at Best Buy in procurement of packaging for (laughs) e-commerce packaging and then supply chain. And then I was at a packaging company called Billarude. Here in Portland. And then while I was there, I got recruited by Stanley based in Seattle to build up their packaging capability. Amazing. And you're right. The Stanley Quincher has, or Quincher, as you call it, has, it's a global phenomenon. And you see so many people walking around with them all day long and social media posts. And 
how have how well let's go we'll go back to Justine but I'm interested to learn how you've handled that massive new demand for the product and so we'll get to that soon here Justine can you tell us a little bit more about your role there what's a day look like for you are you spending it in going to events or are you what's a what's it like for you yeah, Corey, I spend a little bit of time going to events. I'd say these days it's about 25% of my time is spent going to events and then servicing customers. Most recently, I was at a pressure-sensitive tape, pressure-sensitive tape council. Next week, I'm actually going to APR, Association Plastic Recyclers. So excited to be there. I'm on a couple of working groups. So there's a couple of different groups, working groups I'm on for different trade organizations. So, yeah, I go to a fair amount of events. I'm amazed at how many shows there are. And it's it seems like there's a new one every month, like a new one that comes up and people are constantly asking me, are you going to this specific event? And I'll, I don't even know about that one. <laughs> so how do we keep keep up with all of them? But most of them are very valuable. So it's important for people in the packaging world to identify their niche and learn about it. So well done. So, well, let's go back to you, Brent. I'd love to know how Stanley handled that massive increase in volume and what kind of a sustainable packaging challenge that was. So I've been with Stanley since February, so relatively new. So there was quite a bit of work before I came on eliminating plastic from packaging. So we're I would say 99% plastic free and the packaging. So everything's fiber and paper based. So they did a really good job with that. Now it's figuring out how we can be more sustainable and looking at recycled content and finding that balance and that ratio for the various packaging types, looking at the full life cycle analysis. Sustainability just isn't based on the material from which we use, it's how do we make that material? Where do those raw materials come from to make that package? How is it transported? What the type of energy is being used to create that packaging? So it's getting a better understanding of how we can be more sustainable, how we can be more impactful. So right now it's pretty basic. Like I said, their idea of sustainability is Right now, the hot topic is how much recycled content. And I'm trying to tap the brakes on it. Like, let's not get to a place where we're starting to greenwash and making all kinds of fabulous claims about right. the recycled content, especially coming out of China. The um, leery of some of the certifications and where this material is actually coming from. And then there's just the question of, in the most recent conference you and I were at with the SPC, this this sustainable packaging coalition that that it's not just the material i mean it's there's a lot of different aspects to it and not all materials are equal something that you would think is sustainable to make it is not necessarily sustainable so for example fiber-based packaging uses creates a lot more co2 emissions than plastic and so there's trade-offs and you got to understand the bigger picture in order to meet whatever goals you are trying to attain. Yeah, well said. We need to look at the whole picture and look at the life cycle analysis for the whole supply chain. I like how you even focused on where does the energy come from for this factory that we're producing this item? 
even maybe your cups and mugs or whatever you, however you refer to them as containers for drinks, though we need to look at, was it a coal-fired plant? Is it solar? Is it electric? It's so important to think about the big picture here, to, to not just make these knee-jerk reactions of higher PCR, that's the answer, or yeah. eliminate plastic, that's the answer. Well, what yeah. if we eliminate plastic and it and actually increases our carbon footprint. Oh, I don't care. We got to so a lot of a lot of the time I think we spend as packaging professionals is explaining to people that they need to slow down, step back and look at the big picture. Is that kind of how both of you feel? Yeah. Just adding on to what Brent was saying, what you were saying, Corey, I agree with the life cycle analysis. I think we're still at the really beginning stages in terms of having comprehensive life cycle analysis. I'd say where at least we said as an adhesive company, it's really expensive and really hard to get to, but it's, I think where the industry needs to go overall is just life cycle analysis and third-party certification is uh, to me where the industry needs to go to be clear. It just doesn't seem like you can get there any other way personally. Yeah. And it's, and there's a lot of components to packaging. So what Justine does with the adhesive you have the inks, you have the coatings, you have a number of things that go into making a package. So not one thing is more important than the other, that they all, if you're truly going to make something sustainable, you have to look at all facets of it. And and again, it comes with those trade-offs with performance, with appearance, with availability, cost, consistency, One thing I also wanted to say about at the SPC, which, you know, I like to hear is that we need to focus on what we're good at and what our business goals are and what we're all about. And sustainability is a part of that, but it shouldn't be leading your business. It shouldn't be the driver. It should be a part of that journey, but not necessarily the destination itself. Yeah. Interesting. It's, we I, uh, I've struggled with this because I often think of sustainability first. And uh, I think one of my friends likes to say, there's nothing sustainable about going out of business. And uh, I think that's an important part. We need to remember that we're employing people and we're supplying people with food and items that they're going to use in their personal lives and professional lives. I think about your Stanley drink containers how many times are those going to replace single-use plastic bottles? If you think about those numbers, it's incredible what you're doing. And the life cycle analysis is almost irrelevant for your product because the life of your product is going to save so many single-use containers from being purchased. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think about, if you think about stuff like that's got to make you feel good as working for a company that's doing making products that are making people more sustainable in their day-to-day lives. Is that that kind of how you feel? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's what attracted me to Stanley is their commitment to sustainability through that idea of reuse. That big R is where we've developed and sell a product that will last a lifetime. And, but we also are aware that people are collecting them People get bored of them. And so we're looking at 
programs to get that material back. And there are items that have a certain amount of recycled steel. So we're looking at ways to use recycled materials in our products, in the accessories of our products. So we're starting up a mobility and storage line of products that support your use of a quencher, whether you want to strap it on or put (laughs) something on there that you can hold your phone and keys and other items because it's becoming a lifestyle brand. It's not just a, a product. And then from the packaging point of view is where we can, you know, reduce the amount of, because to be 100% sustainable, we'd all be drinking out of streams with our hands. We wouldn't need (laughs) products and we wouldn't need packaging. And so there's no way we can. Our goal is to be less impactful on the environment. And like you said, you know, what your friend said, and I've heard that, and I've said it before, is we're in a business and it is making impacts where we can reduce those impacts and live our lives to the lifestyle and to the level of comfort and enjoying life. We're, we're all consumers and we all buy things and we all live in fabricated housing and <laughs> drive cars and planes. And so we're making an impact. Where can we lessen that impact? That's what the mission is. That's I, it. I agree with Brent. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for us, when we talk about sustainability, the first R is always reduction. It has to be reduction. It's always the first one, my mind. I agree, Justine. And I'd love to know your thoughts on maybe a trend in, in your business that is, has been more sustainable that you're excited about. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSolve pioneers certified bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero-waste. If zero-waste packaging interests you, please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. Yeah, I mean, specifically within tapes and labels, it right there is reduction. It, we see it in the reduction of liners. So when you, you see a move from line from liner material to liner list material, you see it in the reduction of adhesive coat weights. You see it in, in a move from pattern, like full coated material to a pattern applied material, which is a reduction in coat weight. So it's just a a whole different way of getting there, right? So it's all different ways of reducing your quantity of adhesive. So it's a total mind shift, isn't it? That that yeah. as packaging professionals, we used to think, let's provide as much packaging as we can, and let's that's our goal. How much can we? What's the throughput of our company? But now we're all looking at it differently, saying, how can we reduce packaging? And it's such a different change. How about you, Brent? What are your thoughts on some trends in packaging that you're excited about? Yeah, it's just kind of going back to what you said, that there was a time when I started in this business that sustainability wasn't even on the radar at all. (laughs) We design packaging and designed it in sometimes ways that wasn't customer friendly, was excessive, 
ridiculous at times, but you know, <laughs> thought wasn't given to it. And part of it was the direction we were given by our marketing team or our buying team or even the consumer research. But something flipped in the early mid, yeah, like I think it was 2007, 2008 when I was at Best Buy and got notified by our legal team and our token sustainability team at that time that, hey, we have some shareholders wanting to know what we're going to do to reduce or eliminate PVC plastic from packaging. And I'm like, what? (laughs) After we, we had that call with them, it made me realize it opened my eyes. And so it turned a new leaf for me. And so me and a packaging engineer that was working for me at the time really started to look at ways to eliminate plastic and reduce, as Justine was saying, it's really about reducing. And just from the conference we attended, there was some consumer insight studies and it, and the number one thing people want to see is less packaging, reducing the amount of packaging. And so that's the challenge because it's sustainability is like that third leg in packaging. The first is protecting the product and making sure it gets to the consumer in a perfect condition. And the other is selling the product. So if it's on a retail shelf, that is, it's wearing its best suit for the interview. But then we have this e-commerce, you know, side of it too, where we're back at that point where we're trying to minimize as much as possible, but we have to protect that product. But there's also this phenomenon now, this unboxing experience, and (laughs) you see people doing YouTube videos and these influencers. And so now the challenge is taking that retail experience and putting it on the inside of the box and giving that customer that experience when they open it up. So there's a lot of balls in the air when sustainability is one of them, but you have these competing influences and ask that you're trying to balance out with, you know, sustainability. Very true. Very true. And it's a major challenge for brands. What do they focus on? Do they focus on the unboxing experience or reducing packaging or both? And there's a fine line between both. I remember recently one of the big soda brands came out with a new line of flavors and they had these media kits that they were launching. And they're, one of their heads of marketing showed off this beautiful media kit with all this polyethylene foam inside and a couple plastic bottles and people just roasted them. This like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? This is not sustainable. Yeah, that's pretty, but that's not what we're trying to do here anymore. So it felt like this immediate shift back away from that to, hey, your product's already in plastic. It doesn't need to be packaged in more plastic. Did you guys see that or? I have not seen that. Yeah, I saw that, Corey. And having just recently left a marketing role, I will tell you that there's this kind of push-pull with marketing where you have such brand awareness where you want, as a marketer, you want to keep your brand perfect and in a certain pathway, right? Like sustainability is sort of pushing us towards this idea of we have to change, right? I mean, we're seeing this with some of the big brands with changing some of the colors of their bottles. Uh, One of the things I'm seeing at APR is this idea of like moving away from colored bottles is a good idea for sustainability. But, you know, there's branding involved with having a certain colored bottle, right? 
Yeah. I got to interview the team from Coke that, that worked on the Sprite bottle changeover. And it was exciting. They were so thrilled to introduce this new concept of, hey, we can have this item in clear and it will still sell. And as far as I know, it has. And it's people are interested. They've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that move. Yeah, their marketing team was freaking out. That's, I think this... We're in this middle zone here where it's like, okay, which is the most important thing today and how do we appease everyone? And I think the answer is you can't, you have to focus and really take a bold move. And uh, that took some guts to make that change. And there's some concern that your consumer is going to reject whatever you do, right? Like you change, I mean, we've all seen it in the news, like you change one thing yeah rejecting or alienating a consumer right you tinker with your brand so there's some yeah. concern there my friend lanika johnson is a big sprite drinker and she's like the first time they brought her one in a clear bottle she's like that's no that's not what i ordered i want a regular sprite she thought it was the light or the mm-hmm. dye i don't know what it's called but they had to explain to her that no this is new packaging and she's a packaging <laughs> expert so it was i think it it takes some adjusting it takes some education too yeah very fascinating so a couple questions here i've written down i'd love for each of you to kind of answer them so brent we'll start with you How can companies improve their sustainability? What's a basic thing that they can do? That's that's a a million things. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, it's keeping in mind those things as packaging professionals that, you know, we do is that we're designing and developing packaging to protect and sell the products. It's to reduce the amount of, I'm a big proponent of, fiber-based materials and getting out of plastic as much as we can, because it really comes down to recycling. We're not very good in this country recycling plastic. We're better at recycling paper-based. So moving to a paper-based solution, a fiber-based solution, and then educating customers and making it easier for them to recycle those materials. And then the other is maybe developing something that could be reused or repurposed as something else. So that package could become some kind of storage container, or it could be just reused at a later date to house the product. But it's starting to, I think, working together to educate consumers on packaging and recycling and materials. And there's that idea of collaboration amongst competitors, amongst industries, Because we have a big problem in this country with recycling and it's, I wouldn't even say it's broken. It never really worked. So how can we contribute in making that better? Yeah. Great, great points. Thank you so much. Justine, what do you think? Yeah, I would say starting with having a clear and defined goal. I mean, so often I work with customers from converters to CPGs and their idea of sustainability is let's be sustainable. Um, which is not really a goal. Right. So having a numerical goal, like a very clear one with set dates. I'm a scientist at heart. So having like a clear goal with dates and metrics, I think is always a good one. And looking at your packaging to see if it's over-engineered, I would say is always a good one. So I worked for a long time in flexible packaging. So for example, saying, does something actually need to be in a package that is designed to 
like a granola bar package is often designed to last for years and years when often it's on the shelf for less than a year. So moving towards like Brent said, a fiber-based type package makes sense. And then I think another case is moving towards like materials or mono materials. One of the things we've been discussing in one of the working groups for APR is mono material labels. So that when you get like a UPS bag or an Amazon mailer bag, like the label stock is similar enough so that you can just take the bag and that if we do develop <laughs> flexible packaging type. Recycle the whole like, thing. Right. Yeah. Whole thing. So you don't have to remove the label. You can just take it and then the, so you move away from a fiber-based label and you move towards a, like a PP type label and you just yep. recycle the whole thing. I like that point a lot. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you both so much. Justine, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, that's the best way to, to get a hold of me. So Justine Hamlin. All right. Thank you. And you, Brent, how do people get in touch? Yeah, same thing through LinkedIn. That's been a great resource over the years. Not great necessarily finding a job, but in networking, <laughs> I think people put a lot of stock into LinkedIn and helping them find a job, but it really comes down to, I know we're getting off topic, but it's networking. <laughs> it's talking to people kind of like what we're doing now in, in our industry is if you want something, talk to someone. Yeah. Don't. It's a great way to network for sure. Yeah. Well said. Thank you both. And thank you, Landsberg Aurora for sponsoring this podcast. If you're listening, make sure you stay tuned for the next episode and be sure to subscribe. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Specrite the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.